0: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured, not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
1: I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good.
0: just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor-Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Hello
3: friends, I am Robert Evans and this is Behind the Bastards, the show where we tell you everything you don't know about the very worst people in all of history. Now, normally, this podcast features me and a guest who's coming in cold, talking about a horrific person in history, and generally, I pick dictators or people who have abused power in some very large-scale way. That's sort of our milieu. We don't really talk about serial killers, usually, but today, we are talking about a serial killer named Albert Fish, who was a cannibalistic child murderer who loved lighting his own ass on fire. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we're doing this for two reasons. The first is that my guest today, Maggie Mae Fish, is Hello. a...
4: Yeah. Is a relative,
3: yeah. of said person. <laughs> so let's start there. What's, yeah, what is the relation?
4: Okay, so I contacted my uncle Terry, who did our, uh, who did our uh, family tree, mm-hmm. and so I have a bunch of names here. Uh, but basically, uh, I'm related via his brother became our like direct family line. Okay. so Albert Fish's brother. Uh, ended up moving to Michigan, which is where the rest of that line ended up, and where I was born. Exciting! <laughs> I know. Okay, They're so exciting.
3: Before we get any further, Maggie, you're, mm-hmm. you're not just a dead guy's relation. You are a wonderfully skilled comedian. No,
4: I am. <laughs> no, I am just this dead guy's. Uh, <laughs> gee, I mean, I'll never get out of his shadow. Robert, what you, what you look at about? look at what he's done. I will never beat him on that.
3: No, that's you have for one thing a wonderful YouTube video series where Thank you, you. My favorite one is dissecting sort of the works of uh, Tim Burton. Oh yeah, that fucking yeah, guy. That yeah. fucking I really guy. like your video on Tim Burton. Thank you. Um, you're a talented comedian, talented writer. Uh, you. you and I worked for the same site for a while, and mm-hmm. our duties didn't generally intersect. Yeah,
4: I think um, we met afterwards.
3: Yeah, I don't think I met yeah. you while you were because they didn't let me into the videos. No,
4: no, no, no. Okay. no for good reason. For
3: good reason. <laughs> reason. No one's saying that we're wrong in that. Um, so yeah, basically the weird thing about today is that neither of us is coming in hot or cold. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you know, and you don't know what I know, so we're Ooh. just gonna...
4: We're just gonna find out. Yeah, we're gonna make
3: <laughs> Reese's Pieces peanut butter cups of knowledge, mm. where it's like like a knowledge truck, and then another knowledge truck backs into it. And they collide. It. Exactly. Yeah. And the driver's have to crowdfund their medical care because it's twenty. Yeah, but then they become
4: friends and then yeah. the one like falls in love with that guy's sister and then like they're all over Queer Aww. Eye, you know? You just,
1: you
3: just pitched a really upbeat movie about our failed medical system. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right, well let's talk about a serial killer now. Great. Um, so uh, I, I guess I'm going to, my research for this was mainly, I read a book called Deranged by Harold mm. Schechter. Have you Have you given that one a read?
4: Uh, I've not given it, although it has been recommended to me several yeah. times. It's, <laughs> if,
3: if you're, it's good good if you're yeah. if you're a fan of the books about serial killers genre it's a very solid entry mm-hmm. into that I also watched a documentary called Albert Fish about Albert Fish that's terrible Ooh,
4: I have I watched that on... <laughs> we're, yes.
3: we're gonna get into that in a little bit because we've Great. got a couple of video clips from that that I just I gotta
4: <laughs> just, just trying to light on if you will <laughs> very excited
3: for this episode um all right so let's talk uh about Albert Fish's Crimes, yeah, uh, The ones that we know about. That
4: we know so, of. Here's where I'm confused, and okay. maybe you can shine a light, is I know, like, what he did, but I also know the rumors, and I don't know which is, like, f- factually happened and which is, like, oh, man what if albert fish also yeah yeah (laughs) and
3: i i i I tried to stick mostly to stuff that we know because we know there's three children that we know he killed yes um but he claimed to have killed a bunch of other people after he was caught
4: right but he
3: also had as we'll get into a very rich fantasy life very rich (laughs)
4: which seems like and also like uh you know he's not the only serial killer to have like made up deaths yeah um so
3: so some of this is going to be up to the readers to decide but hopefully you and I can lock down what mm-hmm. will forever now be the ironclad history of this Albert Fish. It. This yep. is it. Um all right. So on July 14th, 1924, uh 8-year-old Francis McDonald was playing on the front stoop of his porch in Staten Island, which was at that time like the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like... It was still there were like trees and shit.
4: Trees and shit. What's the the roly tumbleweed? Walls. Yes, walls. There
3: were walls, mm-hmm. walls and trees. Uh, so while his mother was watching him, she saw a strange old man with a gray mustache creeping down the street in exactly the sort of way normal people don't. If it had been 2018, she probably would have taken her kid inside and called the cops, or yes. at least taken him inside. But it was 1924, and she was just like, "Oh, what a weirdo!" And then,
4: and he was white, so I'm yeah, sure it, it was, was like, oh, "Well, yeah. he's white. <laughs> Not a brown What's man." What's the worst that could? <laughs> happen
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's the 20s <laughs> yeah so francis uh left after his mom went inside to play uh, with his brother and some neighbor kids uh they were playing some sort of ball game probably something old timey like stick ball or
4: yeah or do you have a ball or do you I've have heard a that's ball? a game from back then
3: polio ball yeah yeah Uh, I don't know, 1920 sports. But at some point, that weird gray man started watching them, and Francis ran over to see what he wanted, because again, 20s. Right. uh, While his friends and brother were focused on the game, uh, Francis and the man both disappeared. Now, once people realized Francis was missing, search parties were formed. A trio of Boy Scouts found uh, Francis's body. Uh, The newspapers described, yeah, bad time for the Boy Scouts. Yeah, I was just, oof. Yep. What a troop. <laughs> what, a, what a troop. Yeah, they're having some dark campouts after that. <laughs> just these kids sitting around the fire taking drags yeah. of cigarettes and just staring. <laughs> uh,
4: we've seen worse than we... death. <laughs>
3: um, the newspapers described Francis as having been, quote, atrociously assaulted. Uh, all of the clothing below his waist had been torn off. Uh, he'd been strangled to death with his suspenders, and it looked like he'd been cut up, too. Yeah. Um, which
4: So sorry, retroactively. <laughs> I mean, not that I have any control over an ancestor, but you know,
3: none of us are responsible for what terrible people in our past did. Like, when you think about it, everybody's got a serial killer relative. I hope if you go back far enough, yeah, go find
4: them, guys. That's what you do after this episode. Go find your serial killer, go find your
3: mass murder. And spoiler alert. My relative who killed people is going to wind up having a cameo in the story, <gasps> so this is going to be fun.
4: Oh, yeah. This is a massive crossover episode. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, yeah, uh, on February 11th, 1927, uh, four-year-old Billy Gaffney was playing with a three-year-old friend and his 12-year-old brother. Uh, the 12-year-old walked off because 12-year-olds aren't really good at babysitting, mm-hmm. uh, and the two little kids wound up on the roof because, again, there were no rules in the 1920s, right. and the kids could just go anywhere. Uh, Billy's f- three-year-old friend was later found safe on the roof, and And when the adult who found him asked where Billy had gone, he said, quote, the boogeyman took him. (laughs) You are a descendant of the boogeyman. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh,
4: The scariest thing is that uh, the photo of Albert Fish on the Wikipedia website looks so much like my current relatives. Uh, Just his piercing eyes, like they run in our family. So it's terrifying (laughs) to look at him.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't think you look like Albert Fish. Thank you. But- Y'all do have mm. piercing eyes. Yes. I was going to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Um, so both of these abductions caused sensations when they happened, right? Uh, it was not common for kids to be abducted in the mm-hmm. 20s. It was common for kids to die for no reason because right. it was the 20s and medicine was whiskey. Yeah. Um, but like this sort of thing was not mm-hmm. common. And so it, it caused kind of a sensation. And local papers covered the cases breathlessly and even got some national coverage. And if you're feeling bad about the state of journalism right now, which oh. who isn't? Uh, Give
4: me something to look forward to, this, to this, this, my day.
3: <laughs> this will make you feel better because oh. it turns out it's always kind of in garbage. Here's how the New York Daily News wrote about Billy's disappearance. Oh. <clears throat> Somewhere in New York or nearby is little Billy Gaffney, or his body. An army of detectives, 350 strong, is hunting that somewhere. Watch for the results of that search in tomorrow's NEWS, all caps. Hoping against hope, police continue their search for the missing Billy Gaffney. Follow the trail in tomorrow's, all caps, NEWS. Will the seventh day bring joy or sorrow to the parents of little Billy? Read all the developments of the hunt in tomorrow's, all caps, NEWS. Whoa. That's some journalism.
4: That was an advertisement. Advertisement for the news, (laughs) (laughs) coupled around a tragic story (laughs) of a disappearing boy. Little boy's getting murdered. (laughs) Time to sell some papers. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So if you've paid attention to the last any length of time, really, in American culture, you Mm -hmm. may have picked up on the fact that we are a high-strung bunch as a country.
4: Ooh, (laughs) we are. That was such a nice way to put it.
3: (laughs) Americans in the 1920s did not take the realization that kidnapping existed uh, any more gracefully than Americans today take scary news reports about Mm -hmm. MS-13. According to Harold Schechter's Deranged, in the immediate aftermath of Billy's abduction, over the course of a single week, three separate angry mobs assaulted different suspected boogeyman
4: oh boy yeah. to be that other man <laughs> and just to be targeted because uh, everyone looked weird back then also i'm assuming because yeah. there's no way to fix any of it yet. well
3: no and you see anybody walking around in 20s clothing today and you're like that's a pedophile yeah
4: that that's is a, a that is a pedophile yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: but it's just how they dressed yeah they just dressed the like bowler a...
4: hat just yeah. is so suspicious you can
3: j- get arrested for just a bowler hat
4: today oh my god and should you should.
3: Yeah, it's not okay. Um, so yeah, uh, here's a quote from Deranged uh, about the first guy to be cornered by an angry mob oh. because of Albert Fish's cross. <laughs> <laughs> a 63-year-old salesman named Giles Steele was... which
4: Giles! Oh, <laughs> this precious poor man. <laughs>
3: Giles Steele was strolling down East 92nd Street when a four-year-old boy... He was <laughs>
2: strolling! going <laughs> <laughs> to one. be alive! <laughs>
3: It's the only way people could walk in the 20s. I, I guess. You were either strolling or you had polio and could not walk.
4: Yeah. And then you were rolling. <laughs> yeah. Because you, oof. Oof. Oof.
3: Uh so he was strolling down East 92nd Street when a 4-year-old boy stepped into his path. Uh he's told the kid to move aside and reached down and took the kid by the shoulder and at that point the kid's mother, Miss Sadie Bernstein, came out and saw him with his hand mm. on the kid's shoulder and she just starts screaming. Ooh. And so a crowd, quote, a crowd of neighbors immediately descended on Steele and began <gasps> pummeling him. Oh! <laughs> he just started oh! it's not even restrain him for the cops, just beat the shit yeah. out of him. <laughs> <laughs> So, Steele was saved by a cop who took him to the station. He was questioned, and it became obvious that he Mm. had nothing to do with anything illegal. Uh, Miss Bernstein eventually agreed that she had overreacted. Steele was still arraigned on a kidnapping charge because (laughs) the cops just thought he seemed shady. (laughs)
4: oh my poor Giles I know I know you must talk about a lot about like wrongly convicted people probably on this podcast it comes up a lot but I always feel terrible
3: I mean usually because dictators are just having people executed for crimes they didn't commit but yeah this now the weird thing is the other two cases uh, of people getting mobbed Mm -hmm. were dudes with prior convictions for quote impairing the morals of minors uh, oh. and they were caught trying to trick young people into dark alleyways, probably to molest them. Probably, so it seems oh, like okay,
4: so it was a movement and it was okay.
3: Two-thirds of the time, <laughs> yeah. the mobs were right. Right, <laughs> right. Which right. is a really pretty good pretty for mobs. Good. Yeah,
4: you see Boy Scouts go out and one out of one, they find a dead body and corpse. then mobs are two out of three. Yeah.
3: <laughs> one thing I learned in Indiana Jones is mm. if you're a Boy Scout in the 20s, you're finding some dead people <laughs> and you're probably going to wind up having a fight on top of a train.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. those are the two things that I yeah. would assume. The
3: two things that 20s Boy Scouts for sure do. Yeah. So yeah, the mobs, mobs in the streets, mm-hmm. people freaking out. So up until May of 1928, these were just two scary, isolated, unsolved crimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, one with no body and both without a clear villain, right? So people right. get sort of riled up both times these kids get abducted, but mm-hmm. then it sort of fades, kind of like a shooting does. Only yeah. these are less common at this point. Even yes, than, true enough. Uh, This all changes on May 25th, 1928 uh, because Albert Fish saw an ad in the Situations Wanted section of a local newspaper that said, Young man, 18, wishes position in country. Edward mm-hmm. Budd, 406 West 15th Street. Uh, now at this point the classified section was basically the equivalent of like Craigslist today Mm -hmm. the main difference is that today everyone is so aware of the danger of creepy people that like if you're by a couch on Craigslist you joke like right, I'll be back in an hour unless I get murdered
4: right (laughs) yep 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 yep. (laughs) unless
3: a guy eats me
4: (laughs) (laughs) and then there's that one case where that girl did go on a date and she didn't come back (laughs) no yeah exactly
3: there's an expectation that danger can happen in this it did not exist then so an 18 year old boy would just be like I want to work in the country and put out an ad and Two days later, the doorbell rang at Edward Budd's house. His mother opened it and saw a small, elderly man in a suit. Uh, they were very poor, very, very poor family. His, mm-hmm. his suit was not particularly nice, but the fact that he was wearing a suit meant that he was above them right. on like the class rung. So they were very impressed by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was polite and genteel and like uh, kissed her hand, which she was super wow. impressed by. He does all of like the upper class seeming mm-hmm. stuff, and he claimed to be a former interior decorator who had. Made a bunch of money, and oh then God. started a farm upstate.
4: I like interior decorating. Do you like Do you th- starting farms? Oh, I could. Well? I like farm video games.
3: I don't know where I'm going with this, because this is this is just a lie he used to abduct a child. Uh, oh, I know, but I'm
4: thinking, <laughs> hmm, if that's what he wanted, what's in my jeans is basically what I'm trying to suss out.
3: <laughs> well, he didn't work as an interior decorator. No, 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 but, no, but it, it been a
4: passion. maybe he wanted to. Yeah.
3: Well, maybe you can exercise that part of the fish genes. Uh, and not and not everything we're about to talk why. about today.
4: <laughs> Introduce <our hiding>. all yeah. right. <laughs>
3: Um, so part of his lie was that his he'd moved out to mm-hmm. start a farm with his wife and kids and she'd abandoned him because she was terrible and he mm-hmm. had to raise his kids alone but they were doing great and but now his kids were out of the house and he needed some help so that's a good story. he was willing to hire 18 year old Edward Budd uh, he called himself Frank Howard too
4: ah yes so have mm-hmm. you ever
3: found yourself wanting to go by the name Frank Howard
4: uh only if I thought it would be better for my job like applications <laughs> that's
3: a solid job application that's a, name. that sounds like a banker but anyway, uh, yeah. So Fish's actual plan was to murder, eat, and probably molest Edward. Yes, uh, in but that order. Probi- n- probably, probably mm. not. Well, yeah, it's hard. Kind of hard to say. I, he,
4: I feel like he kind of had a dead body thing. I think he sort of yeah. did,
3: although he claims he never fucked the dead people, uh, mm. which uh, it's hard to say.
4: Hard to say. Yeah. At that point, this like you know. Yeah. <sighs> yeah we'll get into the things that he yeah. masturbated
3: about spoiler there's a lot of masturbation in this episode oh, um so yeah edward the the kid that he was gonna hire mm-hmm. is super excited this guy's gonna pay him like 15 bucks a week which is yeah. a really good wages back then and he's like hey i've got a friend who also wants to work on a farm do you have do you need any additional work mm-hmm. and i think this at this point albert fish is just not that great at lying in the moment and so he says yes but he doesn't but he really want it
4: yeah no because
3: number one this kid's already kind of big like big enough that Albert's <gasps> worried like I might not be able to overpower him because right. I'm like fucking 60 or Fuckin eat 60. all of him and yeah. I don't
4: want to get rid of some of them I want to eat all of it you know okay he's very resourceful yeah he <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like retroactively like placing like good qualities on a murderer. <laughs> he
3: wants to use every part every of the boy part... he murders yes. Yeah. yes yeah I mean he mm-hmm. He is kind of a recycling guy. (laughs) Um, So Albert Fish says, like, yes, uh, but I think it's a panic thing. And Mm -hmm. he immediately comes up with an excuse to delay and says that, like, he's not quite ready to leave yet, but he'll be back the next day. And then the next day, instead of coming back, he sends a telegram and says, I'll be there Mm -hmm. the next day. When he does finally show back up, he brings uh, pot cheese, which is what you'll find in every write-up of this that he brought. I didn't know what pot Pot cheese. cheese was. It's cottage cheese that people would bring to potlucks and pots. I don't know why. It just seems like a weird, old-timey cheese.
4: Wow, geez.
3: So if you read about Albert Fish, you're going to come across the phrase pot cheese a lot. And I didn't know what it was.
4: Because I have a new password for all of my devices. <laughs> there you go. Hot cheese.
3: So he, he brings like some cheese and claims that he it came from his farm. And uh, they have like a lunch and he, everybody's he, very impressed with this guy. Uh, he wounds up like playing with their young daughter, Grace. And after the meal, he tells the boys he can't take them until later that evening. But he pulls out a big wad of cash, which is mm-hmm. like 90 bucks then, which wow. is a lot of money to these people. Yeah. And he gives a couple of dollars to uh, Edward and his friend and is like, go see a movie with your buddy or whatever I'll be back tonight Mm. and then kind of as like an afterthought I was like you know I'm heading out to this birthday party my sister is throwing maybe your daughter Grace wants to come with me
4: is afterthoughts in quotes
3: (laughs) I think he he kind of brought it up at the end of things right and they say yes because there's this old man very classic very genteel he's helping out the family so he takes Grace, uh, and obviously you feel bad for the parents because, like the dad, the dad is the one who makes the final call, and yeah. he's, Grace is a sickly kid; she's ill a lot, and he's like, "She never gets to have any fun. Yeah. Let her go have some fun." Which oh. it doesn't end well for Grace uh, or the buds. Mm. They they get really pretty fucked over in mm-hmm. this. Um, so. He gives them an address of where he's going to be, which they later find out is fake, and then mm-hmm. he disappears, and Grace never comes back. They never see Frank Howard again. Uh, on Tuesday, June 5th, the New York Times reports on Grace's abduction with the classy headline, Hunt Man and Child He Took to Party.
4: That is classy. Yeah, it a... ends on party, so I'm kind of like excited at the end, yeah, you know? Yeah. Oh,
2: oh, a party! A party, a party. yeah.
4: Oh, you kind of forget.
3: <laughs> Hunt Man. Oh, yeah. That's actually not a bad, if I was going to start a superhero, Huntman and Child, Batman and Robin. Uh, yeah, Huntman and, <laughs> and Child. Child. I immediately know what that's
4: about. <laughs> no questions asked. Um, yeah. So uh,
3: Depraved says, the, the book that I read for this, says that uh, the story unspooled in the tabloids in kind of the same way that the Gaffney abduction had. So there, first off, mm-hmm. there's a shitload of false leads. People start just sending lies into the right. family. And we'll get into that in a little bit. A lot of sketchy witnesses. Mm-hmm. And then there's just this big surge in anxiety over kidnappings for the people of New York. Um, the tabloids make as much of this as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the same it's follow big. the search. It's a Nancy for...
4: Grace kind of situation. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. And every the, the, these newspapers are all giving daily updates and like follow this the search tomorrow and the daily news and yada, yada, yada. Uh, and we'll have a list of all of our sources on uh, the website, mm-hmm. Uh We're going to get to what happens afterwards and kind of how uh, Albert Fish's crimes sort of started the idea of stranger danger. Like yeah. we're, we're influential in that concept we were all raised with and to fear um, right. and how he sort of had an impact on that and uh, the Lindbergh baby kidnapping. But first, you know what goes great with discussions of the terrible things that serial killers do is products and services.
4: <gasps> I love it.
3: You love products and services? I do, I use well, them all the time. Pull out all of your cards and throw them into the air and buy a product now. <laughs> And we're back, and we're talking about Albert Fish, the Mm. ancestor to my guest today, Maggie Mm -hmm. Mayfish. (laughs) Uh, And and listeners, just just as a heads up, uh, Maggie's one of the nicer people that I have met in the city of Los Angeles. She's not a murderer, as far as I'm aware. I mean,
4: there's no trail. There's
3: no (laughs) trail. We've learned. You are wearing (laughs) a red shirt.
4: I am. I thought blood, Yeah. and then I put on the
3: shirt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um... (laughs) So, <laughs> Although I think that before everything I wear, yeah, so. Blood blood blood, blood. blood, 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 that's just blood. what's going on in yeah. my head, like a cat, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or a little dog. <laughs> Um. Okay. So, uh, years go by after the Grace Bud kidnapping, mm. which is what we had just talked about in the end, and the case, like the other two, gradually starts to fade from memory. Mm-hmm. But kidnapping did not fade. Uh, the disappearances of these three children had helped to spark a new crime epidemic in American history: the kidnapping craze. And I spelled mm. "craze" with a K in that sentence. <gasps> Thank you. I know. Thank I was you. I knew you'd ask. appreciate that. Yeah, the kidnapping craze <laughs> had come. Uh, here's a quote from Harold Schechter's "Deranged." In 1932 alone, there were 282 reported kidnappings in 28 states, and all but 65 of the perpetrators had gotten away scot-free with their crimes. By the summer of 1933, kidnappings were occurring so frequently that newsreaders required a scorecard to keep track of them all.
4: Oh, my God. Yeah.
3: Well, so that's where we are. That's yeah. where
4: we are. And I feel like Albert Fish was is so crazy that maybe just no one had really been like, oh, I could— I could just take could just people. just take people. You could, you could just take people. What? This is great. <laughs> it was probably the guy who committed the first cyber crime. Yeah. Like probably the same rush of... What have I opened?
3: <laughs> I'd love to see just a movie about the man who invented mugging. Just like this poor guy on the street seeing people pull money out of their pockets and like looking at a knife in his hand and looking at a rich guy and a knife in her and then just like, <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> Eat the rich. <laughs> blood, 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 blood,
3: He blood. doesn't want to get stabbed and he has money. There's a connection yeah. between these things. I can
4: figure this out. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, so yeah, uh, most of the kidnappers, unlike Albert Fish, which which, again, we'll get to in a while, Mm -hmm. we're not doing it for sex or murder. Mm -hmm. They just wanted money, you know? Um, It became very clear that it was hard for cops to catch kidnappers. Mm -hmm. uh, And as it became clear that that was the case, intelligent criminals realized that kidnapping was very safe and very profitable. Mm. Uh, In June of 1932, the New York Times reported on more than a dozen kidnapping cases. And one of them, Maggie, was actually committed by my ancestor, (gasps) Charles Pretty Boy Floyd. (laughs) Yeah, when I saw that in the book, I was like,
1: "How
2: now? I got
3: a guy in the mix!" Wow. So, Pretty Boy Floyd was a gangster. He Uh was—he's generally considered to be the last of the big gangsters to die. Like his his death is cool. Well, (laughs) he gets shot in a field, but yeah, that's
2: cool. That is cool. It's a great
3: place to get shot. So, Donald Trump and I, our current president, have two things mm-hmm. in common. One of them is a literary agent, which is weird. That is no, weird. We, but, and the other is that mm-hmm. Woody Guthrie wrote songs about both of our ancestors. Uh, he wrote okay. a song about Donald Trump's dad because Donald Trump's dad denied tenancy to black people.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, and he wrote a song about Pretty Boy Floyd, my ancestor, because hey. my ancestor beat a cop to death with a log chain. Oh, hey! Yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah. <sighs> in, in that year, uh, 32 pretty boy floyd tried to kidnap a an actress from malibu uh, and oh. ransom her uh she was to be kidnapped and flown to mexico but the police found out about it and like ringed the street with cops at the last minute and floyd somehow learned of the trap and never appeared and that's cool. the end of this digression but i had to bring it up
4: well wow, that was great so
3: yeah Everybody's got murderous
4: ancestors. Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, so the kidnapping wave grew and grew in the 30s until it reached its apex with the kidnapping of the Lindbergh baby in 1932. Uh, Charles Lindbergh was an aviator, first man across the Atlantic, national hero, potential presidential candidate, and anti-Semitic fascist yes. sympathizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, his wife Anne Lindbergh was an acclaimed author, and also probably probably racist?
4: they probably talked about it probably in racist. their long time. Yeah, I, I
3: would guess. Yeah, um, their baby Charles Jr. was 20 months old and a baby. And maybe
4: would have grown up to be a racist. Yeah, I but don't at know, the time was just a
3: baby. Yeah, at it the was, time, was at time was a baby. At the time was a baby, okay. and he was kidnapped on mm-hmm. March 1st, 1932, and immediately pretty much killed. By an accident, probably fell yeah. off a ladder. Yeah. We don't know. Um, now, up until this point, the only other crime in American history this famous had probably been the assassination of Lincoln. Like, this is, this is like, yeah. uh, it's big. Uh, and it inspired the creation of the Federal Kidnapping Act in, I think, 1934, which made transferring an unwilling person across state lines a federal crime. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the Lindbergh kidnapping was sort of the crest of a wave uh, or a crime meme that was then spreading through the culture. Uh, And that wave kicked off with the crimes of Albert Fish, although he would not be caught until 1934.
4: Yeah, that is the other—he went a very long time without, you know, any sort of— yeah, reprimand for what he'd done
3: and it's uh, some of that's gotta be just the fact that like we didn't know how to be detectives back then right and yeah. he's like changes
4: his name yeah. and he doesn't he's not uh, glued to this reality yeah. <laughs> in, in some yeah. way cause he, yeah, he's Maybe. not like a
3: super smooth criminal <laughs> yeah. or whatever oh, no, no, he's, no. he's messy <laughs> he's a little, real messy yeah. <laughs> when he abducts Grace Bud, he keeps all of his knives wrapped up in like a kit that he calls mm. his implements of hell and when he goes to pick her up he leaves them at like a grocery store he just hands them to the clerk and says, can you hold these
4: here's a joker card oh yeah. I'm kidding here's yeah. all of my knives
3: and this is the 20s so the yeah. guy's like of course yeah. I'll take your knives I've got some extra children you can take on a walk if you want yeah what a time so nowadays when Mm -hmm. terrible things happen to the children of people like the Newton shootings when like 20 people lost their very young children to Mm -hmm. a mass shooter uh, they immediately start getting harassed horribly online by Alex Jones fans who think it's a false flag or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, it's important to know that that's not new Uh, blaming the parents kind of
4: is, Uh but
3: being incredibly shitty to parents who've just lost a child is at least as old as the 20s. (laughs) Oh,
4: this is a part I was not aware of. Lay it on me, Robert. So
3: all of these families, these people we've talked about whose kids get abducted, Mm -hmm. all of them get bombarded with crank letters from just hundreds of random people. Um, Here's one letter the Gaffney family received. My dear friends, I will be fine to boy, my son in waters, river cellars. Look out, my God, want back boy.
4: Uh, I might have gotten that exact same message on Twitter, just in my DM.
3: I was going to guess Tinder, but yes. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Yep. Wow.
3: You want another one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait! Do not appear too anxious. Your son is in safe hands. We fought for him, but I got him now. We will get the beaten boy for Billy to play with, for Billy is lonesome. Do not show this letter to anyone if you know what is good for you. Again, I say that Billy is safe and that we are experimenting on him.
4: Um... Can I say that those, that sounds exactly like when people tell their alien abduction stories, like what the aliens tell them, like almost verbatim. Yeah, like you
3: can cool. tell it's like someone actually hallucinating and their brain just firing words y- yeah, out into was... a waking dream or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it it, it it sounds like aphasia. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, some other asshole sent a letter to this grieving family saying, quote, I didn't mean to kill him, God forgive me, uh, and giving a hand-drawn map of where his corpse was supposedly buried, oh police God. found nothing there. Uh, and you mean no-
4: the Boy Scout troops found nothing. <laughs> yeah.
3: Those were the police back then. Yeah,
4: yeah.
3: yeah they had neckerchiefs <laughs> instead of guns. It's a lot safer for, yeah. Um for murderers, yeah. It was for a lot murderers, safer. it was a lot safer. <laughs> uh, the book *Depraved* also notes that psychics pledged to aid in the efforts, to no effect, obviously. Along with mm-hmm. an inventor who arrived with what he called a mechanical bloodhound.
4: Well, um, that is cool. Yeah, that, a
3: little bit. Well, it, it was just a divining rod with a rubber tube attached to it, filled with Billy's hair. Oh
4: appreciate the <laughs> you
3: appreciate I the name it, sure
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah. why not
3: <laughs> why not yeah it didn't work either uh the bud family also received crank letters uh depraved claims they were receiving dozens every day for a while oh, boy. uh many of them were like this quote my dear mr and mrs bud your child is going to a funeral i still got her howard uh whoa <laughs> yeah all caps hmm. uh and this I have Grace. She is safe and sound. She is happy in her new home and not at all homesick. I will see to it that Grace has proper schooling. She has been given an Angora cat and a pet canary. She calls the canary Bill. I am a keen student of human nature. That's why I was attracted to Grace. She seemed like a girl who would appreciate nice surroundings and a real nice home. I drove with Grace past your house in an automobile several days ago. I saw several persons standing in front of the house and did not stop, as it looked as though they were waiting for me. I will see to it in the near future that some arrangements are made so Grace will be able to visit. At you for a short time. Wow! Why would you send that? Would, what is? What is? I don't know. I don't, I don't understand know. this. I
4: don't know. Like at least one of those has got to be like one or two people being like, ah, oh, if I say she's all right, maybe they'll feel better. But then, like, and I don't care. Yeah, and
3: fuck <laughs> it, I don't give a shit. And I'm
4: not connected to this in any way. Yeah. <laughs>
3: To be honest, I actually think these are worse than the people, the Alex Jones people who are harassing the parents of dead kids on, because at least those people believe there's a crazy conspiracy. Right. You're just
4: fucking with a family
3: for no reason.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Man, it really makes me just like what people did for fun back then. Yeah. Just...
3: It was a very boring time. It was a very
4: boring time. And
3: one of the biggest sports in the country right now, the dollop does a great episode of this, was pedestrianism, which is just people mm. walking in circles for weeks. Wow. Like days, hundreds of miles. Yeah. So like, there's nothing to do at this point in Right. Time. Like World War I at least gave some people something for a right.
4: while. But... Well, I'll make a victory garden. <laughs> yeah,
3: make a victory yeah. garden. Go die in the mud. Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: Oh, both better options <laughs> than life in the 20s. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, the it, the letters, however, were not all entirely negative. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a detective named William King who was basically your stereotypical lantern-jawed, chain-smoking 20s detective. Like, Lovely. Picture Dick I Tracy. Trust them. And you, <laughs> of course, of course. Of course. But he's the guy, if you just saw him walking down the street and you had a problem, you would run to him and be like, this is my chance to be a Fix game. all of this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. He's that kind of detective. Right. So he had gotten on the Bud case right after Grace was abducted and spent six fruitless years trying to track down her killer. Wow. Now, 1934 because this was the year that had the Lindbergh trial in it. Mm-hmm. The kid had been kidnapped in 32, but the trial was in 34. It was a big year for awareness of kidnapping and Detective King decided to take one more stab at solving it.
4: <gasps> I love that. It's like a setup for a story. You're giving me a hold up face.
3: <laughs> it's great because he fucking solves this case, spoiler, wow. but he does it in like the most unethical way. Yes! It's super fun. So, He's like
4: Columbo, like whatever. <laughs>
3: His strategy for years had been to randomly call newspapers and lie about the Bud case and just give them bullshit information so they would mm-hmm. write a story based on his lies that like said that essentially they were there was been a break in the case. Right. And he did this because every time it would happen there would be a shitload of more letters sent into the police with tips and sent to the family, and he felt that it kept the story fresh. So Mm -hmm. some people would say it's unethical to just repeatedly lie to newspapers about a little girl's abduction, but King was like, you gotta keep people thinking about it somehow. (laughs) So his big, the guy he would do this most often with was a gossip columnist named Walter Winchell. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most listeners will recognize him as one of the rapid-fire names spat out in Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. Uh, He comes right before Joe DiMaggio. Joe oh, wait, McCarthy, Richard Nixon, they could Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, so before he was part of a classic song, he was America's most famous gossip columnist. Mm. His column on Broadway was probably the most influential piece of writing every given week in New York City. Wow. Um, so he's a big deal.
4: And some people say women gossip. <laughs> <laughs> well, this guy...
3: Walter Winchell probably said that because I'm probably. sure he was he super misogynist. I mean, yeah. I, you just got to assume.
4: I mean, it was 20s, <laughs> baby. <laughs> <laughs> the baby.
3: The woke guys have just gotten down to being okay with women voting at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a long process. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, been a, it's been a long road. <laughs> um, so, uh, Walter Winchell uh, in early November uh, – included this line or paragraph in his mm-hmm. column. I checked on the Grace Bud mystery. She was eight when she was kidnapped about six years ago. It is safe to tell you that the Department of Missing Persons will break the case, or they expect to, in four weeks. They are holding a cokey now at Randall's Island who is mm-hmm. said to know the most about the crime. Uh, Grace is supposed to have been done away with in line, but another legend is that her skeleton is buried in a local spot, more and on. Mm. So, um, that's all lies.
4: Right. Yeah. It's not going to be broke. Mm. Yeah, but
3: yeah. Uh, it just so happened that Albert Fish was a habitual writer, um,
4: mm-hmm. which, which, again, I write. Yeah. Robert, walk me away from this cliff. <laughs> this is when you step in and tell me that I'm not about the same. You're a
3: much better writer than him. oh no, thank you. I don't know what you write in your private time.
4: Yeah. but it... Oh, I have all of my books right here. You don't
2: want to read them. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, they're made <sighs> out of skin. Blood, blood, is blood, blood. Is that a whole blood, piece of blood. paper made of
4: Band-Aids? Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so... 11 days after this Walter Winchell column comes up, the Buds receive a letter in the mail. Uh, and one of the only mercies in this entire mm-hmm. case is that Grace Bud's mother gets the letter and she cannot read, um, which is the only time in history you're going to be like, oh, thank God for illiteracy. Oh, thank <laughs> God that she never yeah, learns to read. <laughs> that is a mercy in this case. Uh, her son read it and immediately goes to the police. Oof. And as soon as I start mm-hmm. to read an excerpt from it, you will be aware this is not like the other letters, right. and it is this was written by Albert Fish, um, and again eleven days after Winchell's column. So it seems like he Detective kn- King's knew. strategy worked. Yeah, like, he does like
4: he knew beforehand. You know the yeah. whole Zodiac thing. They mm-hmm. like attention. They like attention. Mm-hmm.
3: Detective King does not play by the rules, but he gets results. He
4: gets results. He gets results. Do you hear that, police? Do whatever you want. Oh. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> God, you know he pistol whipped a Oh! <gasps> Oh, you know that was like a did. weekly thing for Detective yes. King. is pistol whipping a cokie—that's
4: his like <sighs> one kick. Yeah, and then he tried to stop, it. But... he just
3: loves pistol whipping. Yeah, and it's it's more of an art than anything.
4: I agree. Yeah,
3: yeah, a good pistol, a solid pistol yeah. whipping. It'll yeah.
4: change someone's mind. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'll do Whoa. something to
3: their mind. <laughs> okay, um, so yeah, the full text of the letter is available online. You can find it if you wish. I'm going if to read. If you
4: wish, if you wish, if you wish, if you do not wish. Don't read do, it.
3: Do not. Do I will not. read a part of it, and I have. I'm reading not the worst parts oh, because great. Great. we don't need that. But I, I gotta read some of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you read this letter?
4: I have. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
3: My dear Miss Bud, in 1894 a friend of mine shipped as a deckhand on the steamer Tacoma, Captain John Davis. They sailed from San Francisco for Hong Kong, China. On arriving there, he and two others went ashore and got drunk. When they returned, the boat was gone. At that time, there was a famine in China. Meat of any kind was from one to three dollars a pound. So great was the suffering among the very poor that all children under 12 were sold to the butchers to be cut up and sold for food in order to keep others from starving. A boy or girl under 14 was not safe in the street. You could go into any shop and ask for steak, chop or stew meat. Part of the naked body of the boy or girl would be brought out and just what you wanted cut from it. A boy or girl's behind, which is the sweetest part of the body and sold oh. as veal cutlet brought the highest price. John stayed there so long he acquired a taste for human flesh. On his return to New York he stole two boys, one 7 and one eleven, took them to his home, stripped them naked, tied them in a closet, then burned everything they had on. Several times a day and night he spanked them, tortured them to make their meat good and tender. Uh, he then goes on into detail well, he about. He gives how... a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to
4: make the meat good and tender. Yeah,
3: to make the meat mm-hmm. tender. Yeah, it's not just spanking for right. the right. sake of spanking. Yeah, Albert Fish is not police. A... Yeah. There's
4: one accuse me of many things, but that <laughs>
3: not needless spanking. No, no, no. There's going to be a lot more spanking in this yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, so Albert Fish claims that this guy that he met. Turned him on to the idea of how good human flesh tasted. Mm -hmm. So he made up his mind to try some of his own. And that's why he abducted Grace Budd in 1928. And he admits in the letter, in pretty graphic detail, that he murdered Grace, cooked and ate her. Mm -hmm. The letter ends on this line. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. I did not fuck her, though I could have had I wished. She died a virgin. Which is... I don't know what your goal is with that
4: line. I, I guess again, it's one of those things. It's like, well, I did this, mm-hmm. but I did not. Mm-hmm. You know. A lot of, I mean, serial killers kind of do that. They'll admit to, like, a part of it, but then take a hard stance yeah. on another part they're accused of.
3: Everyone wants to feel, like, there's that line in, in the wire, right, a man's got to have a code. one want, wants to feel like that. Yes. Even if you're f- eating children. Right. Yeah.
4: So for him, like, the goalpost is so far this yeah. way yeah. that, don't worry, I'm yeah. still in the good. No, I mean, yeah,
3: I murdered her and ate like, her, yes. and it gave me sexual gratification, right. but I did not... Fucker. No, 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 yeah. no. Yeah,
4: I was pleased in every other sort of yeah, way. Yeah, every other sort no, of no.
3: way. And he, yeah, he mm-hmm. goes into detail about that. Uh, so the horrible letter wound up being Fish's undoing, which is again one of those rare times where <sighs> justice happens. Yeah, <laughs> in the that, universe. That's
4: another reason that I do <laughs> actually like this story. Yeah. yeah, He he gets caught, and only that he got caught because he just needed to. He just needed he to just fuck needed. with this family
3: one yeah. more time. Mm-hmm. Um. So the way he got caught is he sent letters that were stamped with a logo of the New York Private Chauffeurs Benevolent Association. Hmm. So uh, the cops eventually found a janitor for that very specific group who admitted to having stolen a bunch of paper and envelopes from work and left them in his room when he moved out. The guy who moved into the room after him was Hmm. Albert Fish. Since uh, he had moved out, Fish had moved out by the time they found him, but his son was in the WPA, which is one of those New Deal organizations where you like, that's where we get national parks, was these young men like building shit. So he would send his dad regular Mm -hmm. checks, and Fish had moved out of the room, but he had one more check coming, and he told his landlord that he would be back for it. So the landlord told the cops, this guy's not here anymore, but he's going to be back in a few days to get his check. Mm -hmm. So the cops waited for him, and yeah, that's how he was caught. Uh, Detective King caught... Albert Fish, he was eventually convicted of murder and sentenced to die via electric chair, which is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, the story of Albert Fish in Broad. We've got right. a lot more to drill into. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, some more about how Maggie found out that she was related to this guy, and mm-hmm. then we're going to go a lot deeper into Albert Fish's Ooh. psyche. Uh, so it's going to be very dark.
4: My skin is crawling.
3: <laughs> Excellent. Uh, that's how you should feel on this podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, capitalism! Ugh. We're back uh, now. Uh, when we we just now kind of got through talking about the broad strokes of the mm-hmm. story of Albert Fish, uh, and now I wanted to sort of talk about your personal journey of figuring out you you're related to this guy. My
4: personal of, journey. Yeah, your
3: own personal oh. fish <laughs> journey, like a salmon swimming to return to yeah keep Georgia, going, Robert. Yeah, tell me
4: Tell me about my life. What yeah. was it like? Well, Robert? I know that
3: I know <laughs> yeah. that bears are involved, and oh, I know yeah. that you swim upstream.
4: And then we procreate, and then we yes. swim downstream. Yes. Well, I
3: think usually you get eaten by bears. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's oh, okay. I don't. That's most of what I know about fish, and we right. get redwoods because of fish.
4: Oh, yeah. well. Well, you're welcome.
3: Yeah. Well, I, uh, what's my favorite mm-hmm.
4: tree? <laughs> uh, so how did I find out? Um, the, the first time that I uh, heard this, I was five or six um, at my grandpa's cottage, and my uncles were working on our family tree. And I was playing like on the stairs or something, and my dad came down, and I have this as a memory on the stairs, and was like, "Maggie, you're related to someone from a long time ago who was a bad person, and he went to jail." And as a kid, I was like, oh, "That is so cool! Like I'm related to like an old timey bad you're guy." You're picturing Bonnie and
3: Clyde yeah, or yeah, something, yeah. yeah?
0: Oh yeah!
4: I was like, "Ah, oh, an outlaw, fun." Yeah. <laughs> For years, I lived under that delusion that it was just some sort of like nebulous—probably
3: rob banks to give it he, to poor people, yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. kind of thing. Like yeah. supporting, you know,
4: yeah. his daughter that he loved, and yeah. he put her through higher education.
3: He had to take that hospital by armed force so that his kid could get the surgery he needed. Yeah, yeah. and
4: boy, I respect him for <laughs> it <laughs> because you know we don't want to think foul the
3: law in his heart. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Much like the detective. Yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs> the detective, yeah, I would be really proud to be this guy's relative. Yeah, she's the only cop I'll say that about. But. Yeah, really, <laughs> yeah.
4: actually, though. Yeah. Yeah. So for just and then I just kind of like forgot about it. Um, until uh, I was actually pretty recently, maybe two years ago, I was listening to my favorite murderer. Oh a boy, very okay. fun podcast. Yeah. Which, uh If you guys listen to this, maybe you also listen to them. They're great. Uh, but they had a episode in Albert Fish. And just from the title, I was like, oh, fish. Oh, I'm related to Oh. oh. No. <laughs> oh
3: my oh, God. No. So you learned the details about this guy from a podcast. From
4: a podcast oh, to lovely women uh, just describing the horrors of what
3: he done. <laughs> so I'm putting together in my head a story about what happened with your dad that day in your your in your family cottage. And the story in my oh, head is mm-hmm. that He's with some other member of your family doing mm-hmm. genealogy, and they're like, We're related to somebody famous. And without waiting to hear him more, he runs downstairs,
2: <laughs> he runs to me.
3: just His belts dog. down there, yeah. and, and then goes back up, learns the second half of the story, and is oh, like, no Oh good. God, what if we just don't say anything else? <laughs> yeah. Let's just let this be a dream in her head.
4: Yeah, let's just. Uh, she's young, right? She yeah. will forget this. Question mark. What do you
3: think the odds are of like a global information network arising and right. then leading to like a new replacement for radio that spreads even wider and like involves long form stories about? That'll never happen, right? Nah. Never. We'll be fine. No, <laughs> let's just not tell her anything Ugh. else.
4: Oh boy, <laughs> I like d- knowing my father. That like kind of fit. <laughs> He's a very like jovial man. Yeah.
3: Just got so excited. <laughs> gets so excited. So you you learn about Albert Fish from a podcast.
4: Yes, which was very surprising because I was into true crime like mm-hmm. a long time before that. Uh, and I had just never come across Albert Fish, maybe because he was so old. I was he's more, more interested. more obscure. Yeah, yeah he's not obscure. like your Bundy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I had just moved to California, so I was more interested in like, ooh, like the Sacramento kill. Oh, we've got kill. so it's many. So many. Oh, yeah. It's so rich. So for just some reason, I had never come across it um, until that day. And then I read the <laughs> Wikipedia article, and then I called my father, <laughs> and he was cooking potato soup. Uh, and I asked him, I was like, Dad, so uh, is it Albert Fish? fish that we're related to and very calmly like my father who's very calm level-headed he's like oh let me just uh let me just check my email real quick yeah yep yes albert fish uh yeah that's the guy
3: <laughs> oh god so he didn't know actually I,
4: I i guess yeah i think a similar thing he like kind of knew or like at least didn't know all of the details um or at least like had just forgotten mm-hmm. and then was like re-excited by like yeah. Yeah. It's Albert Fishman. Yeah. man. Kill Nate Children. <laughs> Kill Nate Children. Uh, it was called The Werewolf of yep. uh, Wisteria. Wisteria. Yeah. He, the Gray Man, The Boogeyman. So, like,
3: I have very mixed feelings about true crime in general because, mm-hmm. like, the book that I love the most that I read in high school was probably In Cold Blood, which I still think oh, is a yeah. really good. It's I mean, good. it started the genre. It's, mm-hmm. it's, but I also. There's definitely an extent of, and I I know that my own show, because of our focus, runs the risk of crossing this territory, too, of just, like, it's important to study these people, because Mm -hmm. it's always important to study the worst and most dangerous people, for the same reason that you, like, look when you hear a car crash. Right. But there's a line, and I...
4: (sighs) Many tickle the line. Yeah. Many tickle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Doing these, like, film analysis, there's a lot of that, of people, like... Having their cake and eating it too. Yeah. Of like what you want to say, but then what ends up happening. And a lot of true crime can end up glorifying as a strong word, but making a party out yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah. And this is
3: definitely not a party story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And neither are any of the other stories we have on here. Mm-hmm. I do think, one, like, one of the things that I think is the, in terms of like useful lessons that we get from this, is mm-hmm. less about how albert fish actually acted because he was he was just a he was a monster right um but more about how Everyone else, like the fucking crank letters and stuff. Yeah. And like just how people fuck with the families. And that's always been a thing.
4: Right. And that it is still happening. Yeah, and that it's mm-hmm. just
3: evolved with the mediums. Right. That's really interesting to me. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lesson in there about like sort of human nature, yeah. which is
4: that
2: we're garbage.
4: We <laughs> <Yeah>. are garbage. <laughs> yeah. We're garbage. We'll we're... jump on anything. And also, I guess like a lesson from like the mob and like that kind of mentality that like yeah, you know, it's it's okay to have, have very strong feelings and be afraid. Yeah. Like, I think that is totally okay. Um, I, I am curious
3: as to, like, how did you feel? Like, is there, because this is a story of, mm-hmm. and we'll get to it, mental illness. What was the, th- like, the thought process of accepting that this is a part of your yeah. past, like your family's past?
4: Right. It's weird. It does also seem like a cautionary tale, obviously, for mental yeah. illness and what it can lead to if it is not... Mm-hmm addressed, which I kind of blame the rest of the family for. Yeah, probably only because right? there are just so many stories of him doing just
3: crazy, crazy shit like yeah. rolling
4: around in rugs and yeah which, yeah calling um,
3: himself i am christ while beating his own ass with yeah. a metal paddle yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll del- <laughs> delve into that in a minute here yeah
4: uh which again you know in the 20s what language do you use for yeah a family member who would like eat carpet if you left them alone yeah you know um but again like they didn't do anything to stop or help or and like his son kind of just like kept giving him money yeah um which, I, you know, in a lot of ways, we didn't have uh, protocols to follow. Uh, people also didn't want to talk about mental illness. So it's rather let's not talk about it and just let our crazy uncle just be. Yeah. Um, which I think is still dangerous if we don't talk about, you know, the mental illnesses that we have.
3: Um, yeah, it's, it's hugely important to talk about mental health in general because mm-hmm. people need that sort of vocabulary and need yeah. to – I do think – and this will make a little like, – once we get a little bit further, I'm sure we'll mm-hmm. talk about this more. But I do think this is a case of a guy who very likely – it's possible that he'd been killing people for decades. Mm-hmm. It's also possible these are his only three killings. And if he, in his 40s or 50s even, could have been potentially stopped from hurting anybody.
4: Right. That's, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: It's hard. It's like we can't know for sure, but that is a possible avenue here. That yeah. If – his family members, who clearly loved him, had like Cle- been like, yeah. "What the hell, man?" Yeah, I mean,
4: like <laughs> let's instead of just not talking about yeah. this, let's uh, talk <laughs> oh, let's about talk this. let's talk about this. Let's talk about Kevin, but with <laughs> yeah, yeah. A crazy deranged.
3: It's always like everybody knows, like you and I are both uh, white people, mm-hmm. so like there's this assumption, and with everybody, it's true that like someone who you're related to far enough along the line did something terrible, something whether terrible. it was slavery or something else. That's yeah. just the world. Mm-hmm. Um. But there's something different when it's someone who is recent enough that, like, no, we have a specific name. We know this guy is in our line. Here's where right. he is, and here's what he did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a weird moment, because Pretty Boy Floyd, was like, my family's always talking about, has always talked about that. My grandma, yeah. who was otherwise a very conservative lady, was super proud. She would always tell us, you know, you got outlaw blood in you.
2: <gasps> she was proud, uh, too, just was like me. She was super no. proud. And I read <laughs> about him. and was like, this guy was
3: robbing banks and murdering <laughs> cops. Like, the, yeah. the Woody Guthrie song is about he's riding into town with his wife, and a cop curses in front of him. And so he just beats the man to death with a lock chain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's a fun song. It's interesting the way like families talk about these
4: mm-hmm. kind
3: of people. And then when you actually dig into their lives, you're like, oh, man, this guy yeah. was not a good person.
4: <laughs> not a good person. There is definitely kind of like a little bit of hangover guilt. But it, really, I you no, know, I there's mean, something you can yeah. really do.
3: No. And you're like, you're just sitting out of his brother. Like, yeah. Yeah. Who didn't do anything sure. that I'm aware of.
4: Right, and it's like, yeah. well, if they're gonna hide Albert Fish, then like I won't. Mm-hmm.
3: I'm related to him. <laughs> no, and there's some fucking Hitler people around here with lines to yeah. Hitler, and like they didn't do anything wrong. Right. Like, his nephew yeah. just ran over here during the war because oh, he
5: was.
3: Yeah. He had a nephew who like joined the navy and stuff. Aw. Yeah, was just like felt real bad about having yeah, Hitler as an uncle. I'm sorry,
4: guy. I was really sorry. No,
3: you're not responsible for your family's um. crimes. Yeah. But you can inherit their wealth.
4: Hell yeah. you got a great
3: system going here. Blood,
4: money. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. So in addition to reading Deranged, which is a legitimately good book, uh, I also watched this documentary, Albert Fish, when I was prepping for this. Uh, it's directed by a guy named John Borowski, and it is one of the worst documentaries I've ever seen.
4: Good job, John Borowski. Um,
3: it is very ugly, uh, mm-hmm. very little creativity involved, uh, creepy voice acting, but bland recreations of aspects of the crimes. Great. But then- Then, Maggie, 15 minutes into this execrable documentary, we meet John Coleman. John Coleman is an artist who collects serial killer memorabilia and dresses exactly like you'd expect based on that description. Ah! (laughs) Uh, Extremely ornate waistcoats. I'm going to have you describe him in a minute. I kid
4: you not, that is what I pictured. (laughs) Oh, 100%.
3: Yeah. 100%. Whoa. He has Albert Fish's original letter framed in his house, and I'm just going to put him on. We're going to play him for a couple of seconds. I'm going to have you describe him, and then we're going to play the rest of his story about how he came to own that letter. Okay.
6: This is... Um what I've always said is the Magna Carta of crime artifacts. This is the Albert Fish
3: letter. It's the most You want to you want to
4: take a shot at describing John Coleman? Describe his face or my face watching his face.
3: <laughs> I will describe your face watching his face.
4: Oh. Cause you
3: you look like you just saw a dog like start to tap dance. Like that like slack jawed, but but not in a positive way.
4: He looks like he's licked that letter <laughs> like several <laughs> times. Like before he framed it, he tried to get as close to that ink as possible. Yeah,
3: yeah he has definitely stroked that letter while tweaking <clears throat> his own nipple. Yeah like yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah. Yeah, one
4: and one hundred times, yeah. uh, for sure. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and he's super ornate waistcoat. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: super (laughs) ornate waistcoat. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: All right, here's him describing how he came to have Albert Mm -hmm. Fish's original creepy murder letter.
6: Tragic and painful um, document (laughs) to um, a monster that's, that's ever in print, and I have it, so I'm honored to have it. As I've always felt that the objects themselves um, have desires of their own, and they come here for for their own reasons.
4: Did he make? Did he draw that?
6: Art? Oh yeah, yeah. Cool. He drew
3: that picture of Albert Fish when I do, and like, the severed head of a little about, girl. About
6: um, the horrors of the world. It's not about trying to. Um, oh my God! It's same the same act that Jordan better. Peterson uses. No, yeah. My
3: but yeah, like the, the the creepy paintings that he he makes. That like the the painting listeners is a painting mm-hmm. of Albert Fish. Very, did, almost looks like a Mad, Mad Magazine yeah, illustration. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very like mm-hmm. grimy, and it almost looks like an R. Crumb drawing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so it, it, it's a, it, but it's the picture of Albert Fish, and he's holding the severed head. Of little grace. Mm -hmm. And it's terrifyingly creepy.
4: The way he says the word monster, it's with awe. Yeah. It's not with judgment. (laughs) Yeah,
3: this is not a guy who is like... I, I don't sense respect for, like, the gravity of the crimes <laughs> right. here. He's a creepy dude.
4: I should email him and be like, dude, um, that, that is my relative. Uh, I would like uh, that letter. I think
3: it wants to be with me. I
4: think it, I think that object wants to travel to me.
3: So the creepy house that he's in, he calls it the auditorium. I'm gonna one guess as to how he spells auditorium.
4: The the way Yeah. That way.
3: Yeah, yeah. The way that the <laughs> guy a wearing a creepy wing. dick yes. would would spell it. Yeah. Yep. Uh and here's how he describes the auditorium in his website. Quote Joel Coleman is a collector. He collects fascinating friends. He collects artifacts related to infamous historical events. He collects sideshow and serial killer ephemera. He collects religious artifacts that call to his obsessions with violence, with twinning, and with power. Like his art, his collection is filled with reliquaries containing the twinned power of both the sacred and profane. Welcome to the auditorium.
4: Wow. So, yeah,
3: that's Joel Coleman. Wow. Twinning.
4: There has definitely been, like, secret societies that just have their meetings there.
3: <laughs> yeah, but not the good ones.
4: Oh, no, no, no. no. The, the ones that it's like, oh, you guys are, you guys, oh, this is you. This
3: is where the oh, Masons are at these days, uh-huh.
4: huh? Oof. Oh, I think I'm just going to go grab a beer yeah. over just anywhere.
3: Going on the street. Yeah. Yeah, maybe join the Mormon church. I'll just
4: walk around <laughs> for weeks on end, because I'd rather do that yeah. than have <laughs> <laughs> done this Anything meeting.
3: sound better than <laughs> sitting around here with you people. Uh-huh. Um, now, Joe's a painter, uh, mm-hmm. as we already he got into, and he believes he was put on this earth to express the pain of the world through, for example, elaborate face paintings with the uh, separate heads of small children. Oh. Um, now, he believes the objects he collects want to be his, and uh, we're mm-hmm. going to play the excerpt now that actually does explain how he wound up owning that letter. Because, uh, spoiler alert, he, uh, he kind of stole it from the government. Oh, yeah. right.
6: Yeah. <laughs> Life. I was trying to get, like, the police records and, and this stuff, and... I go into Westchester, I'm trying to get a, a Xerox copy of the letter, the infamous letter that he, that Albert Fish wrote to <laughs> the mother of Grace Bud, And that's all I want, I just want a Xerox copy of the letter for my research. And as fate would have it, the um, secretary there takes the letter, Xeroxes it, Um, goes over to me and gives me the actual letter. I looked at it. He came as soon as that happened. Oh, my God. She then walked away with the Xerox copy, put it in a file, and put it in a cabinet. Okay. (laughs) Then I knew that Fish wanted me to have it.
4: He didn't want anything! (laughs) Fish doesn't want anything! He didn't, and he doesn't. (laughs) Piece of shit.
3: <laughs> I'm going to tell you something I know has happened in that guy's life hmm. on a weekly basis. Ooh. Is he has opened a door for a woman with a very exceptional flourish, mm-hmm. and then said, "After you, milady."
4: Oh yes, and then kissed her hand.
3: <laughs> oh my God, so many times. <gasps> so many hand so kissing. So many times, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so many like complaints from coworkers for the hand kissing. Yeah. After he's been asked to stop, he's that guy. Yeah, he's a thousand percent that guy. Mm-hmm. I don't like Joe Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna play one more segment uh, from later in the documentary uh, where Joe Coleman tries to explain why Albert Fish did not uh, sexually assault uh, Oh, this Grace. would
4: be a great to hear him explain you, that. That would be great. I could see it
3: on your face. You were waiting for him to weigh in on why Albert Fish didn't I rape was, a yeah. child. yeah. Mm-hmm. Fish embodies
6: this kind of um, pathology that there is something saintly and beautiful about suffering, but there's something ugly and repugnant about sex, because he saved little Grace Bud from this terrible crime, you know. And He kept saying, I did not defile her.
5: She died of virgin.
6: And I know from my Catholic upbringing... <laughs> oh,
4: he was Catholic. This is ...there's a certain truth
6: that he's saying so that, um... Any Catholic is going to know Albert Fish by mutilating and cutting this little girl up in pieces and doing this horrible thing to her. He's made her into this martyr. You know, he's made her into this um, creature that's going um, right I to Actually, heaven. defiling a
4: body is against, well, the Catholic Church. So I'm pretty sure. Yeah. T- so yeah. cutting yeah. it up, yeah. actually, uh, not that he cares about um, yeah. <laughs> any of this.
3: No. Yeah, I don't think uh, – it's definitely true – we're going to get into this a little bit – that Fish's peculiar personal brand of Christianity mm-hmm. super had an impact on his crimes. Yes. But I think what Joe was saying there is full of shit because – Oh, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Any Catholic knows that there's a way in which he became a martyr.
4: What are you talking what? about? No, 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 <laughs> no. No, no, no.
3: Okay. Um, so Albert Fish had a history known to his family of very Mm -hmm. creepy religious behavior. Mm In 1934, his son Albert Jr. was living with him in a small apartment. One day he came upon his father, bare ass naked in the middle of the living room, holding his erect penis and paddling himself on the ass with a nail filled paddle. His ass was red and bloody and he was drenched in sweat. Mm -hmm. This made Albert Jr. recall an incident in 1922 when he was playing football with his two brothers. Uh, Here's how deprave describes it. Albert had just bent down to catch a low kick. Albert, the the Mm. younger, not the murderer. Uh, And as he straightened up to boot the ball back to Henry, he caught sight of his father standing in the apple orchard on the little hill behind the bungalow. The old man had his right hand raised high in the air and was shouting something over and over. Albert had strained to listen. The old man was shouting, I am Christ. Which is like his catchphrase. (sighs) Yeah. He would shout, I am Christ, a lot, particularly Mm -hmm. while beating himself. Yeah. Uh, He also had a habit of lighting his own ass on fire. Yeah, he's a well, huge fan of letting his
4: Well, fire. you know, once you hit it with nails, that's like a sharp pain. Yeah. You're like, ooh, what's a dull overall pain? What's a, yeah,
3: what's a, what, what, can I, what else can I do? Do with the my fire, ass? Yeah. yeah, burn it, mm-hmm. burn it. Um, So, another time, Albert Jr. found several of his dad's homemade nail-studded bloody and rusted paddles. Uh, He Mm -hmm. asked his father for an explanation, which is the start of the conversation that you should be having. Mm Yeah, Uh, And Albert Fish, uh, his dad, explained, quote, I use them on myself. I get these feelings that come over me, and every time they do, I have to torture myself with those paddles.
4: Period. Yeah.
3: Should have been a longer conversation.
4: Duh, son. Duh. Duh. It should have been longer.
3: (laughs) I'm punishing myself with paddles. Duh. Because I'm Christ. (laughs) Because I'm Christ. (laughs) Um, So Albert Fish had a very, very long, very, very long history of Mm. writing insane and unbelievably creepy letters to random women. Uh, He would find them in newspapers through matrimonial agencies, classified Mm. ads. Uh, a lot of times there were women letting out rooms who were like landladies, and he would just like start, he would, yeah. He would he, start? He he, At, he would start? He, <laughs> he he would just send them these crazy letters. Yeah. And, and, and they would, some of them would start kind of reasonable, and then would descend to him asking for, Paddlings. Usually, they're paddling focused, one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he would pretend to be a Hollywood agent in some cases. Uh, oh, oh, we're yeah. teetering
4: towards that cliff again. Can, okay. <laughs> yeah.
3: Here's a quote from one letter he sent to a woman while he was pretending oh. to be Mister Hollywood. Uh huh. I wish you could see me now. I am sitting in a chair naked. The pain is across my back, just over my behind. When you strip me naked, you will see a most perfect form. Yours, yours, sweet honey of my heart. I can taste your sweet piss, your sweet shit. Mm -hmm. You must pee-pee in a glass, and I shall drink every drop of it as you watch me. Tell me when you want to, number two. I will take you over my knees, pull up your clothes, take down your drawers, and hold my mouth to your sweet honey fat ass and eat your sweet peanut butter Mm -hmm. as it comes out fresh and hot. This is how they do it in Hollywood. (laughs)
4: Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> part of me is like, m- maybe he it, it got might... some kicks off that way. I'm, with I some mean, she was other... definitely getting kicks off. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: But you think, yeah, it probably did work with some people. Like, statistically, you send statistically. a lot of letters out. So there are a ton of his creepy letters that mm-hmm. you can read if you want to read Depraved, or you can just look them up online. Uh, we're not going to read every piece of correspondence she yeah. sent. Uh, I do want to go over a little bit more of it, though. A number of women came forward after he was arrested when he mm-hmm. was like in court, and his letter was made public. And these were people who had been freaked out by his letters before, and in mm-hmm. some cases had kept them and hadn't known what to do. Because right. like, like, nowadays, if you're a woman because of the internet, men are going to send you terrifying things. Right, That's just what happens. But back then, some lady would just receive a letter that's like 16 pages in the mail. Yeah. Of a guy talking about wanting his ass paddled or wanting you to poop on him. And you just, you just didn't have right. any, just, what do you
4: do? What do you, like, and you don't tell your girlfriends, because no. you don't know if they, like... Uh, is this normal? Yeah, <laughs> what? Is this part of being a person? Yeah, do they really do it in the Hollywood that way?
3: <laughs> I just imagine like looking out at mailboxes and just thinking, is everyone getting letters <laughs> yeah. like this? what? <laughs> is this just life? Why is no one talking about yeah. this? Um. So... He sent the other kind of families of letters that he mm-hmm. would have. Is he would he would message women, generally landladies, telling them that he had an adult son who was mentally ill and mm-hmm. needed to be spanked regularly. Right. And uh, sometimes he would send them like a dozen letters, like very long conversations, where right. they would agree, like, oh, okay, I can spank him if he's bad, and then he'd like go on to specify, like, no, it needs to be done th-, like, right. How expert. I like it.
4: <laughs> yeah,
3: this is how I like it. This. The doctor says three or four good spankings a day on his bare behind will do him good, as he is nice and fat in that spot. It will be an aid to him. When he don't mind you, then you must strip him down and use the cat-o'-nine-tails. Say you won't mm-hmm. hesitate to use the paddle or cat 9 tails on him when he needs it. Now, that's one paragraph. There are pages of him detailing yes. how to spank his yeah. fake son.
4: He was very concerned about yeah. Making his, sure it was the right way. Yeah,
3: his fake son might not get spanked the right way. Yeah, yeah. And he's clearly doing this to get off, which is creepy and not mm-hmm, okay. Yeah. But this is what I—I th- I, I suspect this is most of what he did up until he committed those murders. And yeah, like, it I, feels
4: like this was him. You know, the escalation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> starting with letters, doing that. Um, always the fascination with mm-hmm. the butts, though. That's.
3: Fat butts.
4: Fat butts. Fat he, butts. M- you know, in a different timeline yeah. with, like, right medication, he would have just liked uh, Fat Bottom Girls Rule the World. Well, yeah,
3: exactly. Different exactly. person,
4: you know.
3: Freddie Mercury could have saved him and all of those people. He could. Oh, yeah. Freddie
4: Mercury could have done anything. <laughs> could have done yeah. <laughs> I love Freddie Mercury.
3: <laughs> this is yet another case where if we had a time yeah. machine, you get Freddie Mercury and you just <laughs> travel around time. You'd fix, yeah. a, couple here You'd fix a couple things here and there. You'd uh, fix a couple things here and there. So in 1930, though, Albert Fish sent his insane, creepy letters to the wrong damn woman. Uh, a housekeeper named E. Solarid, uh, she sent the letter to the police, and since he had included a return address because he of was course. hoping to keep up this of con... Course. Yeah. They were able to find and arrest him because yeah. it's not legal to send horrifying yeah. letters like that to strangers. <laughs>
4: wow. Even back then. Yeah. <laughs>
3: even back then. He was sent to Bellevue Psychiatric Hospital to be diagnosed, and he spent a few weeks there. Uh, he was found to be sexually psychotic, which mm-hmm. yeah,
4: yeah, seems fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There seemed to be a cross wire yeah, <laughs> between <yeah. laughs> sex and pain. <laughs> but
3: they also, though, found that he was quiet and cooperative. Uh, they said he conducted himself in an orderly and normal manner, and his bad behavior was mostly chalked up to the fact that he was old and probably senile. Uh, so he was released mm. after too mm-hmm. long. Uh, now in 1931 he was uh, arrested again for sending obscene letters to a woman who owned a boarding school in the area Mm. this time the police searched his home and found his homemade cat-o'-nine-tails as well as a frankfurter and a carrot Uh, both really gross looking uh, Gee, wonder yeah.
4: where those were, have been. Well,
3: the cops asked him <laughs> why he had these in his dresser, uh-huh. and Fish replied, I stick them up my ass. Oh, so, okay,
4: yeah, yeah. So mystery, yeah, mystery solved. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to his credit, he was honest because yeah. he was crazy he was, and yeah. doesn't yeah. realize. W-
3: was not hiding it. No. Yeah. Uh, so during the trial... You know, when he was finally caught and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was revealed that Fish's original plan had been to abduct a teenage boy rather than Grace. Uh, he had planned to tie up mm-hmm. Edward, mm-hmm. slice off his penis, and then skip mm-hmm. town while the boy bled to death. Right. Uh, but because yeah. he didn't want to kill him.
4: He just wanted the penis. And
3: Well, he wanted to kill him, but he wanted it to take a long time. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, Grace was a consolation murder mm-hmm. victim. Uh, and he usually, he would sometimes refer to Grace as a him just because, I guess, it, that's He, he wanted it that say. way? Yeah, I think yeah. that, yeah, mm-hmm. he wanted it that way. Yes. Um so in interviews with the police Albert Fish reported a general sort of bemusement and confuddlement over why he had killed Grace saying first you know I never could account for it. Um he would later claim that his brother had served in the navy in China because he'd claimed it before it was yeah, a friend it was of a his. Friend. Later he said it was his brother. Which I, don't I don't think, think it either was.
4: For, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, it either yeah. was. I, I so mean, the rest of the family was kind of just like doing normal things yeah. which is so oh, and it, all his kids turned out yeah. really normal.
3: Yeah, and they seem, in the story, they seem pretty normal. Yeah, Like, they have yeah. a, a range of different reactions to right. this. Because um, his daughters are kind of in his court and say he was always a good dad, like he's yeah, a normal guy. Yeah, all the
4: kids are like, he yeah, was a good dad. He was,
3: yeah, and he's, he's, he never even hit his kids, never. which is weird for that period of weird. time. Weird. Because everybody hit kids back yeah. in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, but not Albert Fish. He would just hit himself.
4: Yeah, again, the gold um, posts
3: And the kids that are... he murdered. <laughs> yeah. The goalposts are what? The
4: goalposts (laughs) are all over the place.
3: Yeah. Um, So uh, he would later tell Detective King that he traced his problems back to the fact that when he was five years old, he was placed in an orphanage by his mother. His dad was 75 when he was born, and his dad had died when he was very Mm -hmm. young. And as soon as that happened, his mom put him in the orphanage. Mm -hmm. Uh, He said uh, he saw a lot of things a child of seven should not see um i yeah
4: not to say that there's not truth to th- i'm sure some either it was he's always like had you know this mental problem or
3: yeah Ugh. there's usually an inciting incident yeah, he says they were yeah. whipped in the orphanage which definitely happened in right. orphanages back then so mm-hmm. maybe that's where it started yeah you know? and, um, then,
4: and if you're you know developing sexually and something's a little doo-doo yeah yeah <laughs> and you're getting hit on, hit the, on butt. the butt all the time
3: that's your thing <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, that's how it works uh-huh.
3: yeah we're amazing machines um, we're amazing We are so. We should
4: be trusted with so much <laughs>
3: yeah. Isn't it great we have missiles oh, That was yeah. a real solid development yeah. for species With our sorts of uh, impulse control mm-hmm. um, Yeah so further investigation Determined that Fish's legal troubles Had actually started back in 1903 When he'd spent 16 months in prison On grand larceny hmm. He'd been arrested six times Just since Grace Bud's abduction Uh, Sometimes for sending horrible letters to people, sometimes Mm -hmm. for vagrancy or for passing bad checks. Uh, In court, he was no clearer on why he'd killed Grace, saying, quote, the temptation just came over me. That's all I can say. I can't account for it. I don't understand it. But he was always emphatic that he had not had sex with her, saying, no, sir, no, sir, no sex at all. I did not outrage her. Which I think murdering someone outrages them probably. Yeah. I guess. And
4: also I think he was probably gay. So that's
3: That's, probably
4: a huge reason why he didn't with Grace.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and he does seem to be the um who we'll talk about in a minute here, Mm -hmm. the psychiatrist who diagnosed him, did come to the conclusion that he was homosexual. Yeah. Um but he was a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, and I would not, yeah, and yeah. that's almost
4: like why I even mention it, because His
3: sexuality is like a Pollock painting. Yes. Like, it is, it is a mess. Yes. <laughs> it's all <laughs> over the place. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the media was as gross as you would expect from everything we've talked about in the mm-hmm. story when they covered the trial. Uh, Depraved, the book, notes that a single article in the Mirror called Fish the Ogre of Murder Lodge, Ooh. the Vampire Man, an orgiastic fiend, and the Werewolf of Wisteria, uh, all in the same article. Wow, which... the
4: same. That's two, pick one. That
3: prose is so purple, it's red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's a quote from that article. Out of the slime of the sadistic butchery of Grace Budd by the benign-looking Albert Howard Fish, there emerged last night the hint of an even greater horror, a horror of multiple killings, revealing a new type of Jack the Ripper in the guise of a kindly old gentleman. Wow. Yeah,
4: that's weird that they describe him as kind and like normal looking
3: because mm-hmm. he wasn't. Because he looks you know creepy know I mean? as fuck.
4: Creepy as fuck. Yeah,
3: and it's it's clear like at the time <laughs> when you talk about his first crimes, people noticed him. Yeah, like they He's, were like, there was, was a striking. creepy ass yeah. looking gray dude walking around. <laughs> yeah. That must be who abducted the child.
4: <laughs> and they were not wrong. No, uh, no, he was the guy. Yeah. Like, yeah.
3: Uh He looks like the guy that if you like see him walking mm-hmm. around a playground, you're like, I'm just going to call the cops. Like, this, this I, know. I feel like there I should know. just be some armed men around. <laughs>
4: <laughs> 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 I Which I like, I hate doing that because yeah. there are plenty of wonderful people who do look creepy yeah. and vice versa, but he is one that you look at and it's like, oh no. Oh no, no, no,
3: oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. No. Uh, no, yeah, and in fact, go to our website to look at those pictures. Um, yeah. Fish's case was confusing as that last quote to people of the time because mm-hmm. uh he, aside from his criminal record he didn't fit society's profile of a sex murderer Mm -hmm. um he was a descendant of american aristocracy which i guess you are too yes some famous Um, revolutionary dude right yeah famous
4: revolutionary dude and he was also related uh to i guess he was like a in the treasury in dc um Mm. hamilton fish Oh uh, yeah that which,
3: sounds like a treasury name yes, yeah for yeah. sure yeah.
4: there's a lot of official checks with his like yeah. ostentatious signature on it um and hamilton fish actually uh deleted some historical records that connects them as ah, yes which we ran into uh that big gap while doing our family tree. It's like gee why did he? Sure seems like a yeah. well connected
3: dude tried to. Uh, tried
4: to cover up. <laughs> he was related to this man.
3: That's amazing. It's
4: the same last name. Oh, man. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Okay. So who's worse? No <laughs> well, Albert Fish
3: was. It came out during all this that uh, his wife had abandoned him. Uh, yeah. When the kids were very young and mm-hmm. left the kids with him. Um, and again, as we said, he'd been a decent dad. Mm-hmm. And you can't blame when you. Because the wife's gave testimony at the trial and were just talked about the same things the kids had seen, they'd seen, but they were not okay with it. They were fucking terrified of him. Right. And they left, which, fair, Totally fair. Yeah. Especially in a time when no one has a vocabulary to discuss something like this. Yeah, again. Not cool to leave the kids with him.
4: I know.
3: (laughs) That's a questionable move.
4: (laughs) I I don't agree with that choice.
3: Which is made weirder by the fact that he was apparently fine as a dad. Yeah.
4: So, but there's no way that woman could have known that. No, no. They just
3: ran. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess some of it's probably that I imagine at that time if you went to court for custody of the kids. It was probably easier for the man to win back then. Probably, I, I don't know probably. enough about how the laws were but well,
4: also maybe she was a little homophobic and saw some things like that she didn't like so it was just like but you know Or
3: maybe yeah, maybe it was oddly woke and that they just thought he was gay and were like, Well gay people can raise kids oh, yeah. just fine. Right, I just right. don't want to be here. out. Yeah. Who who knows? Who knows? But he was clearly very Angry at his wife for leaving, mm-hmm. and he in fact stated a number of times. Yeah, uh, he wrote a letter to uh, his daughter Gertrude and said, "All I hope for, all I want to live for, is to be able to go in court that I may tell what a bitch of a mother you all had, the kind of wife I had."
4: <laughs> <gasps> wow! And you he, know what? He, I bet he got it. Like I bet he got to say. <laughs>
3: he sure did. <laughs> oh. He wrote a letter to his daughter Annie and uh, said, "Tell old Pegleg, your <gasps> bitch of a mother, that <gasps> the day I go into court and take a stand will be a sorry one for her." It's weird. The the only time he sounds like a normal guy is yeah. when he's being really angry at his ex-wife.
4: <laughs> like, like, he reaches clarity. Yeah. Because it's, I'm sure it's, like, a clear, like, solid thing on this earth that he can be mad at. Yeah. And then, like, everything else will just spiral into fantasy yeah, land. Yeah, but
3: he's got this, like, anchor yes. point of being pissed at his wife. Mm-hmm. So there were also a bunch of stories from his kids who had all just sort of chalked up his weirdness to his dad yeah. being weird. Uh, in court, Fish expressed deep concern for his children uh, mm-hmm. and at one point asked a reporter to send them Christmas baskets. Aww. That's sweet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he claimed he regretted the murder of Grace Budd as soon as he committed it. Um, depending on the day of the trial, he mm-hmm. would veer from asserting he was ready to die for his crimes to trying to get a lesser sentence. Mm. So didn't, okay. it was not totally uh, consistent. Yeah. Fish was a very religious guy. He had a lot of the Bible memorized, and his favorite Bible passage was Isaiah thirty-six
4: 12.
3: Mm. Um, I'm going to read it, and you try <laughs> to figure out why he might have liked it. Huh. But Rab Shaketh, and apologies to listeners named Rab Shakith if I pronounce that wrong, mm. uh, and, and but Rab Shaketh said, Hath not my master sent me to thy master and to thee to speak these words? Hath he not sent me to the men that sit upon the wall that they may eat their own dung and drink their own piss with you? Oh. Do you think it's that he's a big fan of shacketh? Yeah. Yeah, that's why he yeah. liked that quote. Uh, when he was in jail one Sunday <laughs> during a mass for prisoners, uh, a guard heard grunting coming from his cell. Uh-oh. Uh, and walked over to look, he saw fish with his pants down and just enormous erection stroking mm-hmm. his, you know, to the Thing. sounds yeah. of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah Oh,
4: so oh. he loved God. He's really he was really into God. He loved
5: God. <laughs> Super Whoa. into
3: God. Um, Frederick Wortham, a distinguished psychiatrist who comics fans will know and hate for originating the comics code. Oh. Um, that guy was mm-hmm. the guy who assessed Albert Fish's mental state for the court hmm. and just tried to decide whether or not he was too crazy to be convicted. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote, quote, there was no known perversion that he did not practice and practice frequently. Which, wow. yeah,
4: in a way, uh, an accomplishment.
3: Yeah, normally that's a positive yeah. thing when you haven't murdered people. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wortham linked all of Fish's weirdness back to a desire for pain, uh, mm-hmm. and Fish did. Tell him that, quote, I always seem to enjoy everything that hurt, the desire to inflict pain. That is all that is uppermost. Mm-hmm. To Wortham, Fish explained mm-hmm. uh, the details of what he'd done to Grace Budd. He claimed that he'd first tried to drink her blood but had not been able to handle it. Instead, he'd cut off four pounds of flesh from her buttocks, breast, belly, and ears and nose. The uh, ears seem odd. Not I a think lot he of... just wanted them. Yeah. yeah, that seems yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he wrapped them up in newspaper and took them back to his homes. Uh, this oh. excited him so much that he ejaculated while riding the train back home before he uh, even got home. Yes, yeah. of course. Uh, once he was back, he used Grace's flesh to make a stew with carrots, onions, and strips of bacon. Uh, he said he'd eaten the stew for nine days. Oh no,
4: st- is that our family recipe? No. <laughs> oh dear God. My father was making soup when I called. <laughs> I
3: know, and then he talks when he talks about eating the boy, he talks about <gasps> the potatoes that he used Like he makes like a bisque, yeah. Oh,
4: we do have a really good potato soup family recipe. I kind of want it. It's they're spamming it. It's spam. Oh no.
3: Oh no. That's the closest meat to people. We all know that. I mean, taste buds, it's inherited to an extent. You want to come over for dinner? (laughs) Kinda, yeah,
4: actually.
3: (laughs) I can tell you that burning human flesh smells almost exactly like cooking bacon. Okay. Yeah.
4: I would absolutely buy that
3: so yeah he ate her for nine days and mm-hmm. uh, pleasure himself and stuff. Like, yeah. we, we all know where this is yeah. Yeah. going. Yeah. We're all adults. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's the kind of guy he is. Yep. Okay, uh, so it was also in prison where Wortham and Detective King discovered Albert Fish's other favorite hobby. Oh. He loved shoving needles inside himself.
4: Oh, he did.
3: Yeah. Uh, usually pushing them into his taint or mm-hmm. somewhere else around his pelvis. Mm-hmm. The doctors actually gave him an x-ray because he had chronic pain uh, and he came back mm. just filled with needles. <laughs> like, <laughs> they found 29 needles inside of him. There's the x-ray if you <gasps> Oh, have you I seen either? it? I yeah.
4: think I have, but I love it so much because yeah,
3: he's just full of needles. He's
4: just full of needles; they're just everywhere. An
3: industrious fellow, you wow. got to give him that.
4: There's one right there, like in the lower butt cheek, just yeah. kind of dangling. Yeah,
3: because a lot of times he would try to get them out, but a lot of times he just got them in too deep.
4: Yeah,
3: <laughs> which yeah, is that old Ian Malcolm quote from Jurassic Park? You didn't stop yeah. to think of if you should. Oh. <laughs> Yeah.
4: no I bet he did, <laughs> he, <laughs> bet decided he, did. Yes. he decided
3: yes yeah. this was a reasoned decision yeah. from Albert Fish uh, they also found that Fish liked to soak cotton and alcohol shove it up his ass mm-hmm. and light his ass on fire Yeah. Um, he claimed to have tortured many children the same way mm-hmm. uh, he did claim there were many children a mm-hmm. life full of victims uh, Wortham said quote he started his sexual career to, so to say at the age of 17 at the time he became a painter now that profession mm-hmm. of painter this man has used as a convenience he worked in many different institutions he worked in YMCAs he worked in homes for the tubercular he worked in any kind of home where there were children where they thought he could get children in all these places he made his headquarters the basement or the cellar and he had a habit of wearing painter's overalls over his nude body because (gasps) he could he could get naked so either it's true and this guy killed a shitload of people or he's lying and I think it's totally credible because he, it definitely was important to him to be a good father. I think it's right. totally possible he spent all of his time working and doing masturbating in weird ways and mm-hmm. sending letters to people. And it was when he was no longer working and his kids were supporting him that he really got the time yeah. to actually commit to, horrible crimes.
4: Right to enact his yeah. fantasies. Yeah,
3: we'll never know. That's my read on it. Yeah. And that he was getting off on talking to the psychiatrist about
4: stuff. Yeah. I think that was also part of it.
3: Because he told him lurid stories about seducing kids into basements with bribes of candy and money uh, and then Mm -hmm. doing terrible things to them. Uh, he did claim that most of his victims were colored uh, because the authorities didn't care if black kids went missing. Damn, they knew back then. That that part's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't Uh, know if he actually did that, but I'm gonna bet it was easier to get away with. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and is still today. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so we'll never know how many of these victims are real or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wortham did uncover more religious influences. He found out that Fish was obsessed with the story of Abraham and Isaac, Mm -hmm. uh, which he claims convinced him he needed to sacrifice a child uh, yeah. He figured that if God didn't want the boy to die, he'd send an angel down to stop fish. Oh. Yeah. So God's the real yeah. bad guy yeah. in this God, story. All right. Come on, God. Don't
4: write a book like that and just leave <laughs> us to interpret it. <laughs> yeah. We'll do things like this. Send some angels
3: down. Yeah. Like we're not. You know. You what? made us. You know we're not smart enough <laughs> to figure this shit out. <laughs> yeah. We're sticking needles in our asses. Like, <laughs> yeah. Come on.
4: On purpose. <laughs> on purpose. Yeah.
3: Um, in the end, uh, Wortham concluded that Fish was, in fact, far too mentally ill for the state to execute. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, in my opinion, a man not only incurable and unreformable, but also unpunishable, which is probably accurate. Probably. Yeah. I don't think there's anything that point, anyone yeah.
4: could have done to be like, do you realize what you've done? I mean, yeah. oh, uh, at that point, what who you, are do you, you do? talking yeah. to?
3: Yeah. Uh, and the court... Didn't disagree with this guy. Nobody, mm-hmm. None of the jurors thought that Fish was not criminally insane, yeah. but they all wanted him killed anyway just because they thought he needed to die. <laughs>
4: yeah. I mean, and I don't really disagree with that either. No. Quality of life, yeah. if that is a factor, he's not leading... He's no. hurting himself. Yeah, he's. It's yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, so he was taken to the electric chair. Mm-hmm. He was killed on January sixteenth, nineteen thirty six. He left behind a final statement to his lawyer, Jack Dempsey, mm. who stated, "quote I will never show it to anyone. It was the most filthy string of obscenities that I have ever read."
4: <gasps> oh! <laughs> one Here last we with a bang. One last creepy letter. <laughs> one to my dear lawyer. Yeah
3: so that's all I've got on Albert Fish Um, is there anything else that you brought to the table that we haven't gotten to yet
4: Uh, I I really you covered a good amount of it I think yeah just the kind of the rest of the family and the Hamilton Fish like not only trying to not talk about it but like you race records yeah. of being uh, <laughs> I wanna
3: destroy the evidence.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Destroy the evidence. <laughs> um, I think yeah, it kinda speaks to the I guess shame of it all, which again is tied into mental health, which is tied into like sexuality and just Yeah. I'm glad that we have uh at least a couple more nets to catch things like <laughs> yeah. this before.
3: And now in a society where maybe a guy who grows up like Albert Fish and wanting to have his ass Mm paddled bloody and wanting to paddle other people and be lit on fire, now that guy can just go to a dungeon. Go to a
4: dungeon. And
3: light his own ass, have his ass lit on fire, light other people's asses on fire, and Mm -hmm. there can be consent, and it's all fine.
4: Right, and And... he doesn't have to, and not to say that he didn't choose to also. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. But he's not a monster because he shoved needles up his ass. That's a respectable way to paddle the time like you want to you do whatever you want to your own ass right. this is America yeah just don't eat children yeah yeah maybe eat adults
4: maybe if maybe, they, rich. maybe, the, maybe rich. the rich maybe eat the rich rich maybe eat the rich Doritos Doritos <laughs> Doritos. Doritos. Are yeah
3: the only thing tastier than the flesh <laughs> of the rich <laughs>
4: The only <laughs> thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's the only thing holding society together right now is that Doritos are tastier than the...
4: the and, and, as, and if they ever dip in quality, which they never will. Which they do never Doritos will. Doritos are amazing. But if they ever did, society would collapse because we would start eating the rich.
3: We would. We so. would. We would go right for the bangers.
4: Really? We just owe a lot to Doritos, don't we?
3: We do. Mm-hmm. We do. And that's a positive note to end this horrible, yeah. horrible episode about a terrible criminal
4: on.
3: Uh, uh, Maggie, you mm-hmm. want to plug? your pluggables.
4: Yes. Uh yeah, you can find me at Maggie Mae Fish, that's uh May M A E, also named after my great great grandmother, who is in the same line that's Oh, Elmer good. Fish. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I yeah, bet yeah. she
3: was really horrified when all this came out.
4: Oh, I don't know if she ever knew. <laughs> And thank God.
3: I'm just imagining members of your family like (sighs) picking up the news over in Michigan and like reading about the trial and going, "Oh, Oh, gonna throw this newspaper in the trash. (laughs) Don't let the kids see this. (laughs) (laughs) Call our cousin in D.C. I think we need to have some files burned.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Hamilton will know what to do. Uh yeah, so find me on Twitter. Um I have a podcast about friendship called My Top Eight of uh, the Small Beans Network. Um and you can catch my videos at breakdown uh, film and society on my YouTube channel.
3: They're fantastic videos. Oh, Check them you, out. Girl. Check out Maggie's work. She's one of the most talented people I've ever worked with. Aww. Um, I'm Robert Evans, and next week, next Tuesday, we'll be back, as we are every week, with another story about someone terrible. Mm. Uh, so please tune in for that. It will probably be a dictator rather than a mass murderer, but, <laughs> uh, you know. One and the same. Yeah, one and the same. Not as different as you might expect. Mm. Uh, yeah, you can find this podcast on Twitter at @bastardspod, uh Instagram too. You can find us on the internet at behindthebastards.com. Have a cool ranch day, and I love, yeah, 40% of you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.
5: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.